G'day and welcome to Formula Bums. Before we start today, I guess I owe everyone an apology. COVID snuck its ugly head up again and it took us out for a week. So my name's Jacko and I'm joined with the two regular boys. How are we? Riso? I'm great, thank you. How are you, Andy? I'm a bit salty after yesterday. Look, it's not a football podcast, but if anyone's aware, <laughs> if anyone's aware, Andy and I are sitting in different spots this week because I'm a very big St. George fan and I'm a very, very happy boy. And Andy's the most diehard Roosters fan I've ever met. Besides your brother. Look, it got ugly yesterday in the it stands. It really did. <laughs> but it was a good day. It was a good day. It was a good day. However, what we're here for is we are reviewing, previewing, having a general chit-chat about the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix, which was at Imola. If I'm being honest, kind of boring. It was your honour. Yeah. I nearly I fell stayed, I stayed up <laughs> to watch this. So 11 p.m. in Australia went right through to 1. And yeah, nearly fell asleep. Look. It was a struggle. It, it was definitely a struggle this week. There was We still have plenty to talk about in regards to the championship and what we think of individual drivers' performances and how, how the weekend went. However, as a watch... It wasn't the most enjoyable watch, not compared to Australia, but we always give that bias because it's our home race. But even compared to Imola last year, this was just like... Uh. Imola last year, my only memory from Imola last year is the George and Vautery altercation. Well, that's still more exciting than 63 laps this year. Uh, yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Before we get into it, I did some internet research and I've actually got the car weights for the majority of teams. I've got it for... Eight of the teams, two haven't been released yet. So I'd like to run through that because I think that's pretty interesting considering we've talked about weight and how much these cars are different this year. Before you do that, can we do a quick guessing game? What me and you think are the highest? Yep. Like the heaviest and the lightest? Yep. So I think the heaviest is clearly Aston and the lightest is Ferrari. What about you, Reese? Um, I'm with you there. I know Mercedes is up there as well as the heaviest and the lightest. Yeah, Ferrari, maybe a little bit Red Bull. All right, interesting, boys. So Aston's one of the few teams who haven't announced what their weight is. We can assume they're the heaviest, though, because it's been reported and rumoured that they are significantly overweight. And if you're one of the ones not reporting, it's probably because you're the heaviest. It's either you're the heaviest or the lightest. <laughs> yeah. You don't want people to know. So the heaviest two cars that have been released are the Red Bull and the Mercedes. Oh, that's actually shocking. And they're at 813 kilos, which is incredibly light. What's the minimum? I don't know. <laughs> don't look at me. I didn't look at that. Yeah, up. no, I don't. I don't know. I just saw this graphic and thought it was neat. At eight hundred and eight kilos is the Ferrari. At eight hundred and five kilos is the Alpine. At eight hundred and three is the McLaren and the Haas. And at seven hundred and ninety-eight is the Alfa Romeo. That's really oh. shocking. So yeah, the heaviest being eight hundred and thirteen, and the lightest that's been reported is seven hundred and ninety-eight. Now I'm shocking at mathematics, so I'm going to say that's. Easily like 300 kilos difference. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, it's a it's a difference of what? 15 kilos. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The engineer checked. 15, 15 kilos. Nailed it. There you are, Brad. I, I can know, do I have a feeling it's uh, 795 might be the minimum. Or that sounds about right. It ends right. with a five. It would definitely end with a five or a zero. That's and I can't okay. imagine it, it would be 85. I don't think any team would be that far off. No. No. But it is kind of revealing. Clearly... The weight isn't hugely related to pace here. No. Uh, yeah. Because the two quickest are sitting nearer the top. Yeah, I, that's I, really shocking. I thought the Red Bull and the Ferraris would be lighter than most of the teams because of how quick they are. 
Yep. And this is also clearly driverless vehicles too. So this is coming off the Waybridge. When you put drivers into it, it's a vastly different weight. So every car comes in at an individual weight because the taller drivers weigh more. None of them, none of them are chunky, but some of them are a little bit thicker. Fernando being one, short and thick. That's what we want, though. Be kind of bad, though. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? Every time he crashes, they always they always have the cockpit cam on, and he gets his butt right into the camera. <laughs> I don't know if anyone saw one of the edits online of someone really making him double cheeked up on it, but That's it so looked funny. great. However, let's get into this weekend. So, oh, one thing I was going to say about the weight is I heard Mercedes is. I don't know if anyone noticed in Australia there was a little little light at the front of Mercedes car. I thought it was a bit of sparking action, but apparently they had sensors on the front of the car to give better readings because they were unsure of the porpoising and all the other speeds and everything that like you can't get from the other sensors because it's not accurate. Yeah, Mercedes sort of reported before Australia that they were putting extra sensors on the car. Yeah, they so, yeah. they admitted nice that. Nice pickup. Yeah, it was a good pickup because I didn't see anything new on the car. Like when watching, look. I don't remember much of my watching. I'm sure I had a really good day with a couple of friends. But looking at the car, that it, I didn't notice anything particularly different, but they did say they were running about four to five kilos of extra weight sensors and readers on the vehicle just so they could gather all that data to help fix it. Watching this race, I don't think it did much. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> but I also don't think that is a problem or their main problem, which is their porpoising, can be fixed with one set of data reading. It's clearly a car redesign that needs to happen on certain parts of the vehicle. That's definitely. Yeah, that's amazing that Red Bull and Mercedes are so close together, but they're like... Speed-wise, they're so far apart. So far apart and on the straights, on the corners, on everything. Yeah. And, and I was half thinking it was the weight, but if it's not, then it's just the wrong design they've got with Mercedes. And they have, when we joked about Mercedes rolling out like a wooden duck, essentially being like, here's, here's what we think we're doing. Oh, we've taken the side pads off and then oh, option X, which was something completely different. But where, what, this is the fourth race in now? Yep, fourth race. They, It's always safe to say you've got to give it five before you really know. However, I think we can safely say that Mercedes has actually for once in their career taken their car in the wrong direction. It's the first time we've seen it. Since the turbo hybrid era, definitely. Because you got to remember when Lewis first came to the team, they were a midfield team. They weren't that great. They got lucky as Braun GP and won that. They yeah. won that championship with Jensen Button, but that was off the work of Honda the year before and the double diffuser. Mercedes bought the team thinking, oh, we've got something here. But it was a dog of a team the next year because they put no effort into the ne the next year car. So it took them a few years until Lewis got there to actually come up with that championship winning run. So now I feel like they've moved back to where they were and it'll be a few more years before that championship starts coming again. A few more years is definitely a scary prospect when you've had the consistency that they've had. However, it's not off the cards because as with every sport, you go through a dominance period and a rebuilding period. Normally, it coincides with someone else stepping up. This year, with the big regulation changes, it's coincided with a shake-up across the whole grid. Definitely. And that, that's been really interesting. First thing we should talk about, and before we jump into the specifics of the sprint races, I'd be very interested to find your boys' opinions on sprint racing. Waste because of time. You're saying a waste of time because, let's be real, it's been very controversial since it's been brought into the sport, and every time we come to a sprint race weekend... The internet goes berserk. 
Well, usually that's because Max and Lewis have an incident. That it was great that last year. <laughs> that was it every was sprint race was a Max Lewis incident race. Yep. However, Andy, expand on your waste of time thing. Why don't you like sprint racing? Sprint racing works when you have multiple sprint races. That's why the V8s do sprint races. They have three in a round. When you're just doing it for qualifying and you're giving out a handful of points, like I don't know, it just Formula One don't need sprint races. What they need is a way to shake it up. That's what these new regs have done. They've shaken it up. It's caused overtakes. It's caused all this shit. But the sprint race, I don't know. Like, It just... I don't even know what the word is for it, but it just seems like a waste of time to me. It, like Reese said before we started recording, it just it just put the grid where we expected it to be after qualifying, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's fair. And for anyone who doesn't watch supercars, when we say the supercars do sprint racing, they do sprint racing weekends where they every single race will be a small sprint race equaling a longer total elapse. But they'll do three. So they'll do three 28-lap races or something like that over the course of the weekend. They, the whole weekend. So it's imagine splitting a GP into three individual parts and doing that. Yeah. If they were going to do something like that with the GPs and do... Maybe Saturday you have a morning sprint race and a Saturday night sprint race, and then you combine the points of all of it to determine the grid for the next day. Then I'd be more interested in it. But right now, like, fuck. Yeah, it's fair. Riso, what's your take on sprint racing? Before, reverse the grid. I don't Even, know about do that Do something one. like that. Do something with it. But the sprint race sucks. Yeah. I'm a bit of a... I like racing. It's more racing. Yep. And it, it made a good Sunday. But when it takes away from free practice... And you see some of the teams just not coming out with good data or like it just takes away from the weekend a little bit. That's where it gets a bit, I don't know. But it was, and when the sprint race is more interesting than the normal race, the big race, it was kind of how you're going. Like they could have, yeah. I, I'm a bit like, I'm happy with whatever goes on, but do I, more with it. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you know what? Re- reverse grid, I don't think, is no, the maybe way. Maybe reverse the second. If they were going to do two on the Saturday, reverse the second. Uh, second race or something just do something but to it's shake such it up. a weird thing because then you just no no because you combine both results and then that determines the grid so the person who c- cumulatively has first over the two weekends so every team scores a provisional point or something for every position doesn't go towards the championship yeah the extra points is is weird how they've got yeah, so many no points. points for the championship but what i'm saying is that's yeah, yeah. uh one to twenty points so you go 20 for the first person one for the last place but that and then you do a reverse grid for the second race yep and then you accumulate the points and then whoever has the most at the end they get pole for the, the sunday so t- race two sprint races yeah that's saying. what i'm saying yeah, okay, like, yeah, if, yeah, that, yeah, if yeah, they did something you. like that they reverse yeah, yeah. the second race then there's something then they, then we got something here you know what i mean yeah, okay all right yeah. look i'm gonna sit with you guys is riso i like the fact that it's more racing and more racing is always fun however it just kind of feels half-baked. It feels like F1 is caught between this traditional, no, we're the premier motorsport. We've done it this way. We're going to continue doing it this way. Liberty Meat is clearly tried to bring in a bit more interesting stuff, but it's not interesting enough to justify the mix-up it brings. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. if you're going to do it, make it a Thursday free practice so you don't lose yeah. free practice. And free practice is important. It's very important for these teams to gather data about yeah. the track. Especially with these new cars. It's, that's this what I was about to any. say. You, it, when it takes away from the weekend, like the rest of the weekend, it's it's not real for it. I forgot what else I was going to say. Something about qualifying. Oh, yeah. As, I don't know about Imola much, but there was a lot of red flags in qualifying. I think that was due to the conditions more than the track. Last year it was raining also, so I don't know if Imola... They're going in the rain season for win- Italy. Yeah, so maybe 
maybe in a spot like Imola, it might be a bit better. So then on qualifying, you're not so much pushing it to the limit, but then you're just racing the pack. Yeah. But then, yeah, maybe a reverse track. Oh, that's, that's a good idea. Reverse the track Tracking. for the race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. The chaos. <laughs> the chaos. It would. Uh, you'd love to see it for a weekend. Hey, Haas yeah. would have the first pit box if they made a pit stop. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we talk about the sprint qualifying officially? Uh, or you got more? that? I got one more thing. Did you see the report that the drivers want less media time? No, I didn't. However, it's not crazy to assume because we watched the Sky broadcast. However, there's so many different media groups in that paddock, and with Netflix taking up a huge portion of it as well. There's a lot more that these guys are having to do off the track this year. Yeah, and like it's taking away from time where they need to be developing the car for the weekend and stuff. So I think less media is probably a good thing for them. And it's draining. I, If anyone's ever spent any time on a media circuit for anything at all, there's only so many times you want to answer the same question. And a lot, a lot of media guys out there were like, yeah, but we ask different questions. Yeah, so do you and 30 other people. It would be hugely draining. I'm for... Post, like post qualifying, post race, that little couple minute clips. But you see them around the paddock. They've got a few people they need to answer to. Um, maybe you can universe that. Well, but I'd then, like but them to bring the press conferences. Just have a press conference pre race, press conference post qualifying in the afternoon, post press conference in the in that little room thing for the race as well. Yeah, one of the funniest things I've only just started watching it since watching the races. The half an hour before they start racing and they're in the paddock. And it's this um, Crofty being a no one in the paddock trying to walk up and get <laughs> ask people's opinion. Martin trying to talk Martin to people. Martin Brundle, run. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, he just finds a random person sometimes and he doesn't know who he's talking to. That is quite funny, but it's unnecessary. I don't, I don't know what all that debacle is about, if it, that needs to be done. Yeah. It, I like the grid walk. I don't mind the grid walk because he does stick away from a good chunk of drivers. However... I'm not shocked that they're asking for less time in front of the cameras and the microphones because of all the sports, motor racing is you've got a helmet on. You are so disconnected. And with the modern age we live in, all the socials, all the different reporters, Netflix, again, sticking their nose in the ring. I don't blame them. It would be difficult, especially if you've had a shocking race. Yeah. I'm sure Hamilton didn't want to talk to anyone this weekend. No, and look, um, he really, when Hamilton's had a bad race, he really likes to isolate himself. Like he'll say a few things on social media, which I mean, we all agree. He's like, come on, man, just cool off first. But he does like that pullback. I guess the drivers have the luxury of leaving their helmet on, but there's only so many times you can not face, face the media. So yeah, give him a break. I'd say it, it seems like they get straight out of a car, straight into press, which is a bit, they don't get like a 20 minute cool down just no. to debrief especially if they've crashed too they've got to go straight out the back and have a talk to someone oh how did you crash i spun you know yeah sometimes they see one thing i don't think stroll saw him the crash he did last uh australia he saw that on the big screen because he was just talking nothing he's talking nonsense (laughs) (laughs) oh you know stroll uh, talking uh, nonsense and then that would just be a bit embarrassing if that was the case going back he'd be like fuck and does it in your guys opinion does it do you really care is that do we actually get anything worthwhile out of these snippets or is it all just well-trained media responses or or like stroll that like kind of half-assed dancing around the point like yeah. i don't see any benefit one, we don't learn anything no, really one of from the, it like i like 
watching the post races when they're talking about it and it gives them insight. But one of the best insights of the weekend was after the race when the top three were in their little room because it must have been raining. The cool down room. The and cool they, down room coming back. That yeah. was sick. And yeah. they were just talking about their race and what happened and like their perspective with no camera, with no no filters or nothing. And that was the best inside and of the Checo whole and Max being shocked Lando was in there instead of Charles. <laughs> but also being like kind of stoked that they saw Lando in there. Oh, definitely. Also, for the four people who've messaged me about Lando doing well, I don't think he's a bad driver. I just don't <laughs> like him heaps. Like, a lot of people are like, what do you got to say now, man? I was like, yeah, well done. He's a good driver. I've never said he was bad. I just don't like him that much. Jack's opinion is broken. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the sprint race itself. Who wants to start today? Max did a sick pass on the last lap. <laughs> that was about it. I was going to say, look, that's really it. It was Charles getting the jump right from the start, looking really, really good, looking really comfortable, and Max just sitting in wait, getting what? there in time, and absolutely sending it and closing the door and well, getting the points. Charles had tyre deg a lot higher than the Red Bull towards the end of the race. His left front, I believe, was completely cooked. So there wasn't really much he could do to protect from Max having saved tyres. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm great. I don't have much to say about the sprint, really. Um, but qualifying, if we want to back it up a bit. Yeah, we can talk about some qualifying. If you've got qualifying, I enjoy... I Look, some weekends, qualifying is actually the most exciting thing that happens. It, it is one of... I find it one of the most exciting. Are we just going to do a Monaco qualifying review then? Because <laughs> clearly the race will be less boring that weekend. Oh, we can talk about Charles crashing, but that's probably it. Yeah, true. But the, the way Imola was going and it was rain here, rain there kind of thing, but then the track was drying and then it gets, it's more about strategy because you want to be the last person out there. You don't want to go too early and you want to pass it on your fast lap, have 20 seconds left or whatever and do that fast on last B because you're going to be the fastest. But yeah. you also want to make sure it's not raining when you go past the line. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Williams... Car still sucks. <laughs> what a shock! <laughs> Latifi's spinning out. It's just yeah. he didn't crash though. He didn't. He finished. He, out. he did finish this weekend. He did. Only just. Um, <laughs> it was close. Uh, the Guajon Zoo. Guan Yu. Guan Yu Zhou. Guan Yu Zhou. No, Zhou Guan Yu. I said that the first time. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean. Nah. I butchered it all. That was a poor, Michael, that was a poor to rest Sorry. pronunciation. <laughs> no, no, no. He did better than Nico Rosberg, who unfortunately called him Zoo. <laughs> yeah, That's no, it's it's a soft Zhou. Yeah, he called oh, him Zoo the whole race. I thought it was Zoo like the um, like the no, DJ. It's Zhou Guan Yu. Zhou <laughs> Guan Yu. It's a, it's a soft J is how they Zhou. describe it. Okay. Zhou, yeah. And then, yeah, Schumacher making their first Q3. I was real happy for them. Uh, then, But Q3 was a bit boring because of the red flags and it was just lucky that wherever you were on the time and then someone spun out. Well, Perez was on two blitzes and got red flagged each time. Yeah, it was very unlucky. Um, and Hamilton out in Q2. Good. The, um, the interview went as... Uh, do you think the race will be a rescue for this? And he answer was, quote, every weekend is a rescue. Ooh, they're hurting. He's hurting. He's and hurting. You, and you hear uh, Toto apologize. Oh, like, no, you hear them having words afterwards and then Toto apologizing over the radio of give, giving the shit car. And it is. Look, 
because I don't think anyone can knock the talent that that man has behind the wheel. No. He is one of the best racing drivers the world has ever seen and possibly will ever see. And he's already said he's out of the championship. And look, it's not crazy to assume that this is not a Lewis, a Lewis Hamilton year. And everyone except Dave and the British uh, Isle let out a sigh of relief, knowing Hamilton won't win every fucking race. It's, do you know what? And in the, in the cold, stark reality, this is good for the championship, and so are Red Bull's issues, because it's been two very exciting years that's really reinvigorated the sport, especially with so many new fans coming into it this year. They're getting to see the sport at, I'd say, one of the best we've ever seen it. Definitely. Um. I'm pretty happy coming in when I came in. It is very exciting. <laughs> but the, one of the most exciting things for this weekend was Nico Rosberg as a side commentator just bagged Mountain Mercedes the whole time. Well, remember he was you, ruthless. <laughs> he <laughs> always is. And remember how you brought up the cool room early where you see yeah. the drivers at the best? One of the f- most famous bits of footage from the cool room is Lewis standing there and sort of frisbeeing the hat to Nico. And that. Nico... Frisbeeing the second place hat after he'd been told to give the position to yep. Lewis. Frisbeed it to Nico. That's and important. Nico just pegs it back <laughs> at him and he's sitting there and he looks dirty as. So we love hearing Nico in commentary because he does not hold anything back. He does have an anti-Lewis bias, but it's also very justified from his perspective. Definitely. Like they were best friends and couldn't wait to drive in F1 in the same team together. And when that happened, that friendship imploded something fierce. Yep. And as Nico said, he did everything he could to beat him that year, just so he did. I believe there was a bit of a pot shot by Lewis being like, at least I didn't quit when I won. <laughs> um, at that point, look, I, I love Nico on commentary because he just, he doesn't play games. He doesn't care. He just tells you what he thinks. And what he thinks is normally pretty good. He was also calling it from Monaco in his home. Was he really? Yeah, he wasn't at the track. Well, there you go. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I seen vision of him calling the race. He was just genuinely in his house, just calling it from his computer, watching the feed. I'm cool with that. It sounded great. Doing better than Crofty. Can can that be continuing for the rest of the season? I mean... If it, it means Nico can just sit at home, watch the race and call it and just come in with some expert opinions... I'd be I'd be okay okay with that. And if anyone enjoys a bit of a YouTube watch, before every race he hops in his own simulator and does a track acclimatization program and he drives you around in both real speed and in a slower speed telling you how to get the best out of the track. And for anyone who's new to the sport, Nico Rosberg is a freak behind the wheel. He beat Lewis Hamilton in an equivalent car when the team clearly didn't want him to win that year. It was fantastic. He knows what he's doing and He's great on YouTube. He's a great presenter. I look, I love Nico Rosberg. I, I honestly hope he eventually comes back into the he sport, he's but done. he won't. He's not going to do he, it. He's happy doing what he's doing now. And on that point, his Monaco preview last year, because he lives in Monaco, he literally just drove to the places, parked his car, he just stood on the road and talked about what was happening. Middle of traffic. There's cars going around <laughs> him and everything. And there's just this guy just standing there having a chat to the camera about the track. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. He's a very good part of the sport. Oh, one thing I was going to ask about, because I'm a bit I've new got some news to it, first. about the sprint race, is K-Mag getting a black and white, no, black and white flag, a warning flag? Yeah, he got a warning flag. Or swerving? Yeah, he was what, swerving on the straight. What's the difference between swerving and defending? Uh, if you're going like this and then like this, the swerving forth, on the track, forth. 
and it, it's clearly swerving so to block. You, oh, so you can't do that. I didn't know you couldn't. I thought no, you, you can, but you can't just consistently sit on the straight swerving like in a pr- an S. Okay. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. If so it looks like you're warming up tyres, yes. So when you're defending along the straight, you are allowed to change direction once. Okay. That's where they draw the line, twice. So you can, you can swerve so out and swerve back, back in, but corner. if you do it again, that's when they yep. get you. Yeah, okay. Yep. And it's uh, it's uh, anything more than that. Okay. And it's mainly it's mainly a safety thing more than anything else. Definitely, because Thanks. if you you're going into a braking line like that, yeah. you could easily spin out and hurt someone. Yeah. Welcome to Melbourne with Stroll and. Oh yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and that's what yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, and that was, yeah, and that wasn't even at full bean. So you can imagine the the carnage it would it would cause when they're moving at three hundred k's now, especially with how unsettled some of these cars are on the track. This year with ground effect cars, they rely so much on that stability and anything that compromises that is inherently dangerous. Yep. I know it's not the preview, but I do have two news things to bring up and talk about. Might as well. So the first one is Carlos Carlos Sainz has re-signed for Ferrari. They've extended his contract. What's your take on that? It means they don't want Mick. All right. We need. We, uh, we should probably stop and talk about that because that is a bold statement. So does one Schumacher? Schumacher. Well, I think that them signing Saints is a clear message to Schumacher: step up your game before twenty twenty four, or this Saint seat ain't yours. That's Look, it's a bold thing. However, I don't think it's inappropriate. Carlos is a very good race driver, and he's doing the job for him. He really is, despite the last two weekends, but. This one wasn't necessary. This one was more even than anything else. Yep. Mick is a competent young driver. However, I'm I'm sitting with Andy on this. He hasn't shown enough to be given an opportunity in a top team, especially with Ferrari being back on top this year. He needs to really start moving up the grid, especially now that we can compare him to K-Mag and K-Mag is really driving the wheels off that car at the moment. Definitely. He's consistently in front by four to five places, most laps. He's making good maneuvers. He's hungry, and you're seeing a lot. And it's not saying that Mick's not hungry, but the difference is that K-Mag, with a, a year off... Is doing so much better than me. So much better. He's more fluid. He's not even fully fit yet, and he's just killing it. Mick's got potential, and no one can deny this kid the potential that he has. And the fact that he has shown that he deserves a spot in F1. However, Ferrari have so many drivers in the backlog that deserve a seat like this. They can't just hold on to hope Mick will eventually come good. What What's the big bag of Mick? Is it just his father being driving Ferrari? I don't know if that's true, but... No, it's, but it's not a bad thing to make because Mick does come into it with the biggest and most respected name in motorsport, the Schumacher name. He is clearly talented. He's won the F3 and F2 World Championships on his own volition. The name, I don't think the comparisons are fair or to say he's done anything with his name because the kid's got talent. Is he as good as his dad? No, probably not. But here's the thing. 99.9% of drivers in the world are not as good as his dad. <laughs> Mick was, Michael was just that good. There's only one driver I can think of that's anywhere near it, and it's Lewis. Yep. And Lewis is just that good. So I feel for him because that is an insane name to carry in this sport. And especially with how bad some of the media has been this year and how vitriolic some of it's been towards these drivers, I can't imagine it would be easy for him. However, under his own steam and what we've seen, let's take his name away and let's say this is Mick Roberts. Is Mick Roberts 
driving well enough to justify a Ferrari seat? No, I still say no. Yeah, I, I feel like it'll be a Giovinazzi situation again. He'll get three years if he doesn't do anything. Ferrari clearly control one seat at Haas. They'll just be like, we're sorry, man. Like We, we, we need to move on. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's going to be a tough decision for Mattia Bonotto to make. Yeah, look, it will be. And I don't I don't envy Ferrari that thing. However, Ferrari are looking like a smarter team this year. And I don't think it's a, a zero-sum game for Mick. We saw what Ocon did with a year off. He got put in a reserve driver. He had Toto Wolff say, no, this kid's still got talent. He's gone back to Alpine. Look, we rag on him a lot. He's not horrific. He's not a terrible driver. A year off in reserve may be a good thing for him. He may never come back. It may never be an option. But it doesn't have to be in or out anymore. Do you know who Michael was the junior driver for? No. He was a Mercedes junior and then came into Jordan, moved to Benetton, and then signed to Ferrari and became a Ferrari namesake. And look, other teams will probably give him a run. It's a pretty saturated field at the moment. However, as much as we talk about F1, it is not the only open-wheel motorsport category in the world. This kid will find a drive in so many different competitions and will have a lifelong career in the sport because he's got talent. If you can race an F1, you can drive anything and you, you can, can drive it well. You could drive an IndyCar heaps well and IndyCar's sick. Yep, and we saw <laughs> IndyCar, IndyCar is a lot of fun. We saw Alexi Albon go back to DTM and absolutely kill it there. Grosjean's killing it in IndyCar. Yep. K-Mag didn't do as well in IndyCar, but he also wasn't on a good team. He was on. He did drive in the ISMA competition and did well, though. Yep. So that's the thing. Look, it's a bold statement. However, now that we've spoken about it, it doesn't seem crazy, and it's definitely on the cards. We've got to see some improvement in the next... Well, this year. This year, every race has to show more and got, more and more. I think he's got till the end of next year before they have to make the decision. Do yep. I think... I don't know if he will get... But like, Science is a good driver. He's had a, a couple rough weekends. But I don't know... Yeah. I don't know if he will get better than him. I don't... You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. 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 That's... Yeah. But I reckon it's just a smart move to just re-sign in Science. Oh, absolutely. And Science deserves he, it. Like, you cannot not sign him again. He deserves another two years on top of what he signed originally. I definitely agree. However, I do agree Ferrari have a lot of really good drivers in there. Ferrari Academy, they got what Arthur Leclerc, Callum Eilert, Robert Schwartzman. All three of them deserve an F1 drive in the future very soon. So you can't hang on to Mick if he's no. not performing. It's the same as what was going on with Giovinazzi. They just couldn't hang on to him as an F1 driver anymore. Couldn't justify him. And especially with the potential Haas is showing, even if that means putting him out of the car for the year, bringing in a, a more experienced, I'm not even talking a junior, bringing in a more experienced driver like K-Mag, even giving Grosjean another run and essentially going, hey, this car can easily get points every weekend. Let's do it. Grosjean's already said he'll never come back. Has he really? Yeah, so um, when he got announced K-Mag got the seat, he did actually do a video on his YouTube channel, which I recommend. Go watch Roman Grosjean's videos. They're quite good. Roman Grosjean official. Yes. Uh, he basically said if they'd have called him, he would have said no. I don't blame him. I don't. He's in a good IndyCar team. Like he's driving for Andretti right now. And I the Yanks love him. Yeah, he, and he's loving life over there. He's doing really well in IndyCar. He's got a smile on his face every weekend. He's going to every fire department he can in the US and getting a shirt, which I think is quite <laughs> cool. <laughs> but yeah, like... I was talking to my roommate about this, this the logistics and the, the amount of jet lag. There's a few double-headers and even that triple-header coming in the middle of the year. But the amount of jet lag, the amount of traveling you would have to do... It and just, he's a dad. Yeah. 
just being in one spot doing indie race does sound pretty sweet. And he's only got to go through like three time zones in America when he's going through like 20 in F1. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a double header and it goes from Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. I'm going to butcher a lot of names here. There, all the way to Canada in a, in a week. Yeah, it's massive. It's massive. And I've never done much traveling, so I've never had jet lag, but I know it's pretty shit. And then they have to go through like 300 k's around a track. It's not easy. No, you know what? Yeah. It's not crazy, but I guess the point I want to make about Haas is even if it means benching him for a year to bring in a guaranteed points getter every weekend, to guarantee your team that extra funding, get just bumping it up the ladder because the Haas is good this year. It definitely is. And they're the people's team. Everybody wants Haas to do well. Like St. George. Fuck <laughs> <Like> St. George. <laughs> Nobody wants to see them do good. I do. You're the only one besides our friend Josh. I believe. I believe. (laughs) (laughs) I've got some... Oh, I don't know if it's news, but I heard something on the uh, the YouTube grapevine. What'd you hear? It was... You know, so... Ferrari had to cut some people with the the cut of the marketing... The cost cap? Yeah, cost cap. came in, yes. Yeah, so instead of cutting them, they gave them to Haas. They did, specifically in the aero department. Yeah, and so they're sharing information, and some people are getting a bit annoyed about that. That was what I wanted to bring up. We've had we've had our first... Protest. We've had our first protest this year, and it's most of the grid versus the people's champs. And Ferrari. I don't like to see that, because here's the thing. It's a very different car. A cursory look at the car. It's a different chassis philosophy. Yes, the aero is similar, but most of the aero aero is similar on these cars. I know. Haas is more similar to the other people, not Ferrari. Ferrari's got one of the most unique looking cars. Absolutely. And a lot of people are bringing up the fact that, you know, well, Aston Martin got in trouble for it. Yes, but even the general punter went, that's the car from last year. It was it was the pink Mercedes. It was a pink Mercedes. It was identical. The Haas is a white Haas. The Ferrari is a unique car. It is. And doesn't Red Bull and Alpha Tori do that sort of stuff, or is that just no? Driver? No, they're yeah. a lot. They're a lot more independent. So their driver academy is the thing that they're most okay. similar in. So the driver pulls more link than anything else. Alpha Tori has its own complete team, and it's an awesome facility. Again, shout out to YouTube. They did a tour of the facility with Franz Tost, the team principal. And it's stunning. It's really cool if you want to check that out. Yeah. It did leave us with one of the best quotes from Gunter Steiner ever, which was, pity is for free. You have to work hard for envy. And that <laughs> is it. That, that is exactly how you deal with a comment like that. That is a great line. I don't think we'll see anything of it. Nah. It is part of the sport. Um, every year. Every year, teams go tit for tat. Just trying to make sure that no team's actually getting advantage. And the reason they're like that is because the sport is rife with cheating in the yeah, past. Ferrari it happened during <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it first this time, but they do. It's normally them. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but th- that that's all I've really got for the news. The other thing I wanted to bring up is because I haven't watched as much of the broadcast, I've this weekend, I've been spending more time on the internet, specifically Reddit and a little bit of a cruise through Instagram and Twitter. And I've been seeing stuff that's actually kind of left me with a bad taste in my mouth. And that, and I know, I know, I want to preface this by saying I know it's 
the minority of people who always scream the loudest. But there is a lot of hate going on between the Max and Lewis camps at the moment, and it has left a dirty taste in my mouth. You have had a good chunk of Lewis fans coming out saying that anything you're saying is racist. You've had a bunch of actual racist bullshit being said by some fans. And then you've also had a lot of, like, just a lot of vitriol between the two camps and me trying to just go through and find cool information. It sucks to see, like, let them race on the track. Clearly, these guys don't care. Mm. They, 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 they're not, the drivers don't really give a shit for it. And it's, it's not what we should be seeing as fans and it's not what we should be discussing. And it, yeah, I just kind of wanted to bring it up in front of you two boys because I've been seeing a lot of it, especially this week, and it, it's not been fun to see. So, yeah, that's I don't even care if that gets cut, but it annoyed me. It annoyed me too. Like, clearly they're not they're not at the same they're not in the same position that they're fighting each other. Clearly, Lewis is in a shit box. Max is in a decent car. Like, there's no need for Lewis and Max fans to still be going at it. That was last year. Leave it in the past. Move forward. Let's just. Let's just go racing. Yeah. I, um, that I being said, fuck Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, when you had sneak one in there. <laughs> I get most of my information off YouTube, to be honest, and the race and other updates. So I'm not on Reddit or any social medias for it. So I'd I recommend I'd leaving the race behind. Yeah. Oh, the, no, they've got some interesting things. Josh Revel's particularly brilliant. Josh Revel's really good. He's a Homo Kiwi. F1's pretty good. Yep. Uh, the race, I just find... They put out a lot of rumors and innuendo as news, and I don't like that. It's not it's not brilliant journalism, but I guess the thing we can say is that journalism's definitely yeah. on a decline in this try one post truth era that they've called. Which it. one it's called? But so on on the app, you can get uh, more information of the races. So you, you get the sectors broken up when they're doing qualifying, but then you can also get their live radio. Oh, so you're not hearing it through the F1, you're just hearing it straight from them. And then there's one channel that just breaks them up and puts it over a 30-second YouTube channel. Is that F1 it? Unfiltered? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that one I recommend. Yeah, 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 that one's yeah. really good. Is that a YouTube channel? Yeah, it's a yeah. YouTube channel that just gets it gets the snippets of the radio that's really interesting and puts it on its own video. Yep. And then it'll always have something at the end of the race, like everyone's team radios, and that goes to the actual F1 channel. Okay, yeah. All right, I like the sound. I'll yeah. definitely have to check that out. That one's really good because you can get a really good insight into a lot of the race. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Shall we talk about the race? Finally. And this week, we're going to start with Mercedes. <laughs> no, we're no, 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 we're not. <laughs> we're not. We're not. So Andy has messaged me, called me, and yelled at me twice that we're not starting with Mercedes this weekend. So we're actually going to start with Ferrari this weekend. I want to talk about... The Ferrari-powered cars. Can we start with Ferrari first? Yeah. they had the biggest weekend. Yeah, let's talk about Ferrari first. Take us away, Andy. What do you got? Well, Science and Big Dig Danny Rick had a racing incident that pissed Jack off. Danny Rick did nothing wrong. He but clearly, look. Neither did Carlos. It was a racing incident. It the was a racing Stewart incident. said it was a racing incident. It was unfortunate for Carlos. It's a big weekend for him. He had a crash in qualifying. Did well to recover in the sprint race, only to be knocked out lap one of the Grand Prix. That sucks. Especially in front of the Tafosi, who are absolutely mad supporters. Speaking of the Tafosi, also having a bad weekend, right at the end on lap 53, was uh, Charles Leclerc having a stupid little spin when he didn't need to. It was. So let's talk about Charles first, because he had a remarkably consistent weekend. However, there was that one... One mistake. One mistake where he 
absolutely launched it off the curbs. Sent it square into the wall. Incredible that he managed to get out with with minimal, that min- damage. minimal damage. Well, it was just a front wing light to change in the end. And they just put softs on him. Yep. But remember how in our early shows how I'd say Charles is doing remarkably well, but he has that history of kind of seeing red and those little mistakes and those little little moments. I'm not willing to chalk this up completely to that, but it did. As soon as I saw it, I was like, ah, I've seen this Charles before, and it made me a little bit nervous. I definitely think he's matured since then, but it was one of those mistakes that to win a world championship, you really, really can't be doing them at all. And I know it was his first one. This may be his only one, and it becomes an inconsequential part of the championship, but it was one of the first races where he was under direct pressure from Max the whole time, and it didn't look good. Well, I don't even think he was under under pressure from Max. Max looked like he was on a nice Sunday yep. cruise. He, he was never going to catch Max. He, he could have got uh, Checo in a couple more laps, and he, that's why he was pushing so hard, but he admit he was getting greedy. He, he threw a third place, an easy third place away. Yeah. He even said that, like you said. Lost seven points. Yeah, exactly. Like He did well to recover back to sixth, but at the end of the day, six isn't third. There's a lot of points you left on the table there, mate. Just like Max has left uh, points on the table being DNF'd in two races. Absolutely. But let's go back to Carlos because... There's not much to talk about. No, look, there really isn't. I just kind of want to say how bad I feel for the fella because I'd, I'm a massive Carlos fan. I think everyone is. He's such a he's such a lovely dude. He's such a good personality for the, the sport. But I tell you what, you don't like to see a driver out two weeks in the row from in reality. The first one, he did make a mistake and it was a rare mistake. And the second one, two people made a very slight mistake that led to one of them coming off a lot worse. And he looked devastated. Yeah. Well, both of them came off worse for the wear because it ruined Danny Rick's race too. It definitely did. It definitely did. Where I'm going to say that I felt for Carlos more is Danny Rick still had an opportunity. Yeah. Not that anything came of it, but it very rarely does. Lewis Hamilton's pretty much the only one who can go sent straight to the back and still come first. Yeah. Not this year, but not in that car. Nah. But it was just, man, my heart goes out to him. It sucked. The post-race interview was, he was a bit sad. The funny thing from it was because... We'll bring it up at some point. The DRS not getting activated for majority of the race, making it rather boring. They asked him about him, and he just goes, I'm not in the race. I don't care. (laughs) 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 Also, lovely scenes of Danny heading into the trailer and just having a good heart-to-heart being like, look, mate, I'm sorry that happened to us. He was struggling to get in there because he didn't know if he was allowed in there or not. He was looking around, looking for anyone to let him in sort of thing. There are... And there are a lot of strict regulations and policies around who can go where and who can do what. It was really nice of Ferrari just to let that happen, though. I, and I think it speaks to the confidence both teams have in the personalities of the drivers, how they went, no, they're both doing this for the right reason and we know nothing's going to go down. Like, Not that I ever think much would go down between an F1 driver except for Max because he's shown before that he's happy to throw hands when required, and which is why I like him so much. <laughs> and because I looked up uh, the last year's crash between... Uh, Russell and... and <laughs> the helmet smacking yeah. the rude finger. <laughs> the fucking fingers yeah. up. Dude, fucking how good is Bottas sitting there? <laughs> eyes spinning, getting smacked in the side of the head and just throwing the bird up being like, fuck off, kid. <laughs> but yeah, that's really that was really Ferrari. It was points left on the table yeah. by both drivers. It's good for the championships. Carlos yeah. has jumped into second yeah. in the championship now. How could he have jumped into second? He couldn't have, can he? I guess, I guess our one sentence review would be Ferrari that... Sucked in. 
Yeah, that's a good. That's a good it, sentence. Yeah, no, I was I was happy that it kind of evens up the um the board. It was it was not what I expected from Ferrari. No, it ruined it. Ruined our predictions <laughs> championship. <laughs> yeah. We screwed that up real screwed bad. Screwed that up real bad. Didn't screw it up for me. Shut yeah. up, Andy. <laughs> and they. So you did win be, something this weekend before this race. Ferrari, Leclerc in particular, had uh, led eighty seven percent of laps raced in the championship, which is pretty crazy. Not now. No. <laughs> However, that's that is a remarkable statistic to have. Eighty seven percent of laps in a in a world championship. You've just been cruising. Just been cruising. Let's move on to Haas. We've spoken about Mick a little bit earlier, so I guess we we should start with K Mag. What a man. He did well. I mean, the P four in qualifying was a good start, but he sort of fell back. The choice of medium rubber in the sprint race, I think, really hampered their progress. It did. I think I think what we're still seeing is them coming to terms with the Ferrari power unit and just how much pace they have. It looks like they're doing strategy for a rear midfield team instead of a genuine near the top of the midfield team. Yeah. I'm so glad he's back. Look, that man can bloody drive. He can. That, that qualifying session, in essence was him at one of his best. He was absolutely flying. Yes, the red flags did help. There were other drivers out there who were going faster. But that's the sport. That's how it goes. You need to be aware that at any any second, whatever you're doing may be hampered by someone else's behavior and driving. Gunter's statement again to the media, I think seeing happy Gunter again is good is good for the planet. The world is healing. Haas is doing well. However, for Mick, as we've already said, we need to start seeing a little bit more because that car is a lot quicker than where he's putting it. Yes, he jumped into Q3, but again, red didn't, flags. He didn't do much in the race either, yeah. besides kill Alonso's race. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was one of the coolest pieces of damages I've ever seen, but he hit him with the rear wheel. And it was uh, Sky Racing just baffled of trying to find how it happened. and it, it, it was pretty remarkable how they found it in a lap or two, but it was... um. Pretty unlucky. They were too focused on Danny and Carlos to even see it in the very first replay they ran. Yeah. And from watching it again, he kind of just lost it a little bit. And there was nothing really in it. He just kind of whoopsied. He got, he got on the wet side of the track and just spun. Yeah, it wasn't... In the, in the famous words of Kimi Rockinen, he spun. I spun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to make a point about the some of the teammates n- not being close to each other. There's a lot of disparity between some teams. Um, Haas being one, Mercedes being one, Alpha being another. Which um, Alpha? Uh, Alpha, or both, really. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Yuki had a pretty all right race, though. He did, but Gasly did not. No. Amounts, yeah. He really didn't. We'll uh, get to them in front um, of Yeah, um, but uh, I was just put Haas there, but then after watching some of that unfiltered, uh, when he did crash into Alonso, he damaged some of his, his rear wheel. So maybe that his contra- rear wheel. So he could have changed that, and it would have been fine. No, I don't know. It might have been the infrastructure. Yeah, okay, something okay. like sorry, not the actual wheel. Yeah, but like <laughs> there's something in the back. What what hit it? It yeah messed up, and it wasn't as fast. Um, so that I don't. But you know, still, look, it other races applies. and qualifying, there is a disparity between that team. And there is, and when you put it in the context of K Mag having year off, Mick being in that car for a longer amount of time. The gap is bigger than what should be really expected. So the the general rule of thumb but is within two tenths, and that's how you know your team's in sync. 
But clearly Mercedes is in the seat. <laughs> Look, Mercedes is in the seat. See, we, we want to talk about it so bad. We should have started with them first. No. This is what you get. But with, with, I don't know, if you can say that last year, but every time they pushed it, uh, they spun out. It's also true. Yeah. Specifically so, uh, one driver more than the others, <laughs> but you know. Well, I did see someone wanted to start coming up with a spin name for Schumacher for this year online. There was Mazda spin. Now I need to come up with a Shumi spin or something. It'd be hard to fit in. It also feels kind of wrong. Spin marker. Spin marker. That's not bad. Spin <laughs> marker. Yeah, spin marker would. <laughs> yeah, look, that that's really it for Haas. They're, they're showing really good signs. They've clearly got the potential they need. They've got a driver who's really, really performing where they need to be. I think I still think the best solution is is possibly bringing someone else in who has that track record, who can get you the points, really push that team up the grid, get the better funding, and bi- and build from there. It's so hard being a backfield team and having junior drivers trying to develop and push, and I think that's what we've seen across the grid a lot from Williams to Alfa Romeo to Alfa Tori a little bit, um, and especially Haas is that. These young kids, while they might be super talented, are good at racing really well-built cars because all the junior series cars are equal machines, mostly always produced by Delara out of Italy, and that it really lets their talent speak. F1 is that different beast where half of it's on track, the other half is what you can do for the car and the team off the track in the development, in the testing, in your consistency, and it's a massive hole to dig yourselves out to when you're constantly cycling through new kids. Seeing Mick have this opportunity of two or three years is good, but the clock is ticking. I'm hoping with the two years with K-Mag showing him how to drive a car will produce a better driver. I hope so too because, I mean... Let's get through to the mid-season break. I think that's a, that's usually where he Mick sort of comes good in his races. But if you think last year, his the mid-season break happened and he sort of clicked towards the end of the season. He was producing better results. Like I know he was coming up against Mazda Spin, and but he was definitely very much outperforming him, yeah, akin to how K Mag is outperforming him currently. Yeah, so I reckon after the mid-season break is where we'll really see whether Shumi is gonna be going in the bin for Ferrari, or if he's gonna do something to produce a like top team push. A top team push, gentlemen. We should now talk about the Alfa Romeos. I don't have the biggest foresight or resight when it comes to this sport. So I'm currently on the train that that Alfa Romeo is great. But Andy, you pointed out to me earlier that you're still sitting on that it's probably the Ferrari engine that's really given them the results more than anything else. Definitely. And from the earlier stats, the lightness. So once the other teams drop their weight by 10 kilos, are we still going to see... Them doing that. Yeah, well. yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so. I don't think so. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's know a that. very valid point. They do have two massive advantages over the rest of their main competition this year. I want to start with Valtteri Bottas this week. Why not start with the shitter one first? Yeah, we'll start. Okay, yeah, that's not a bad <laughs> one. Look, Joe Guan Yu, I said last week that he's doing not bad for where he's at. This weekend changed my opinion of it a little bit. However, it was really crappy conditions to drive into. Yeah, like that crashing sprint qualifying, like, it's probably unnecessary. Yeah, and I, look, I definitely think that because he is so young in his first year and there is a lot of pressure on him both from team and also from country, that it may have rattled him. It seemed like an amateur move. Very amateur, that, that move. It was just 
bad all around. It didn't help Gasly, and it definitely didn't help him no. in the race. I don't even remember seeing him in the race. No, he started from the pits, and we didn't hear much about um, from him. Wow, anyway. sick race, Joe. China's yeah. really proud of you right now. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't be super happy. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna say for Joe what you have said for Mick. Let's give him to the mid season. He um again, he's another one of those F two drivers that never n- didn't quite put it all together to get the championship, but as the year would go on, he would consistently get better and better. I definitely think mid-season break after that, within the first three races, if we don't see much improvement, Alpha really need to think, is it worth having that pay driver in there? China has a lot of money. China <laughs> does have a lot of money, but it's not good if you don't have results. Yeah, and it, and it's it's really not... they You do, especially because Alpha Romeo and Haas are in that position where they are digging themselves out of the bottom of the grid. They do really need to make some hard business decisions. And with Valtteri doing unbelievably well getting that fifth place. That's one of the biggest disparities I see when I was talking about the disparities in the in the teammates. Is yep. Bottas just I don't know if it's more he's such a good driver. I think it's the experience over anything. Yeah. Because that car could quite easily be a shit box once these car weights come down. Yeah. But saying that, like Bottas driving the fucking shit out of that car. He had a great weekend. He really did. I do want to bring in Lewis Hamilton to this discussion really quickly. We'll go into depth in his race in the Mercedes component. But we are watching ex-teammates both driving a car a lot worse. So Lewis is in a car that he didn't expect and it's quite poor. Valtteri knew he was stepping into a weaker vehicle. And Valtteri is outperforming him in every metric, every corner. Most races. Why do you think that's the case? Because James isn't there to let Lewis pass anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. Ooh. That's got some spice on that one, mate. (laughs) Could you imagine if Alpha played a joke on Valtteri one race? It's like, Valtteri, it's James. (laughs) Oh, I think he'd crash the car on purpose. He'd be like, crash the car into the pit team. Be like, that's not fucking funny. (laughs) He'd get back in it and drive around and get a little bit. But I tell you what, you, you can't say it's the car so much when Russell uh, beat him. You know, and that's a very good and point. You can, can't, but you can't. Rosberg said that quite a bit throughout the whole <laughs> broadcast. Dude, Rosberg was hitting the <laughs> isn't Russell better button every opportunity he could find. He was like, let me just shoe on in the fact that it's the same car. Dave, fun fact, did you guys know that the Mercedes is the same car? <laughs> oh, by the way. It's the same car. And Lewis is not doing as good as George. It's got to feel good being Valtteri, driving past Lewis Hamilton, being like... Lapping him. Lap, lapping him. Lapping Lewis in an Alfa Romeo. Should be the name of his podcast, Lapping Lewis. Oh, that'd <laughs> the be The 2022 good. saga. There we are. Now we're back on the train. Now this feels normal again. I <laughs> yeah, started off being like, you know what? We can be a little bit nicer this weekend. No. <laughs> no, we shouldn't have been. Never. Alfa Romeo, we don't see enough of them on the broadcast. Valtteri Bottas yeah. is clearly driving that. I tell you what the dream team would be. K-Mag and Valtteri in the same team. Oh, that'd be nice. If you could somehow get that organised, they would bring that car up so much. But it's not going to happen. No. It's really not going to happen. And that's one based on the fact that Haas and Ferrari have a very close relationship. Alfa Romeo and Ferrari's relationship has definitely soured. To the and point where I think one of the new 
engine manufacturers might take on Alfa Romeo as a team. Can you see an Italian car company stepping away from the Ferrari engine manufacturer being another Italian team? Well, see, technically, Alfa Romeo is only the naming rights partner of Sauber. Sauber still runs the operations of the team. And Sauber's a German team? Sauber's from Switzerland. Switzerland, okay. So, yeah. So they're not on anyone's team. (laughs) No, exactly. (laughs) Audi could throw a shitload of money at them. Because <laughs> that's the thing. It's it's two VW Group cars that are, are engines that are potentially coming in with Audi and Porsche. Porsche, yeah. Well, I really want to see an expansion in engine manufacturing. It's only an inherently good thing for the sport. Might even expand to more teams as well. I hope so. We can definitely do it. There, there is that very traditional streak how it's like, no, it should just be 20. That, that's what it should no. be. But back in the day, they used 26, to... 26, 28. It was fucking sick. Yeah, I'd be happy with 24. Even earlier than that, Qualifying used to literally qualify teams for the race. So there used to be a cutoff time that some teams at some tracks wouldn't be allowed to race because there were so many cars and they didn't make the cut. That act, that rule still actually exists. Yeah, there but is, there's not enough the cars. The 110% rule does exist, and if you're not within it, you're technically not allowed to race. But clearly that doesn't apply because Mazepin got to race every race. And yeah, and I think that's because there's <laughs> specifically 20 cars on the grid. It's like, well, it would be pointless no. to cut one out. I'm no. saying what you would have loved to see it. It would have been hilarious to see him sook that he wasn't allowed to race. Oh, I'm not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just think about that for five minutes. Dimitri Mazepin threatening to pull funding because his son's slow and his car can't qualify. <laughs> Formula One might be the most Karen sport in the world. I know, right? We got Karen Horner, Karen Wolf. <laughs> Whoever the dude at Alpine is that sooked about Ferrari and Haas. Because it was Alpine that caused the protest, wasn't it? I think Alpine was the biggest voice in it. I what, what a in- shock. No, I instantly, instantly was like, this is Lawrence Stroll all over it. I was wrong, but then he did jump in and be like, we're also protesting. <laughs> it, it just reminded me of when Cyril ran the team and he sucked about the pink Mercedes. As soon as I see Alpine protest, I'm like, where's Cyril? <laughs> they phoned him in. <laughs> they phoned him in specifically to go for it. I love Cyril, but I miss Cyril. I miss Cyril. Cyril Irritable was one of the best names on the grid. His real name was Cyril Abitable or Abitable or something like that. It was French. But Irritable was quite Cyril good. Irritable and Karen Horner was one of the best dirty breakups I've seen in sporting history. That was better than Tiger Woods and his missus. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, one thing, last thing I wanted to say on Alfa Romeo yep. was talk about Russell when we talk about Merck, but do you reckon if there was a, like the... Bottas pit stop was eight seconds or something or other. Do you reckon he could have got him if it was a two, two, three second pit stop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd think add so. five more laps. I think he's got him. Yeah, five yeah. more laps to the race. Oh, definitely more laps. No, I'm just saying if five more laps is probably all he needed to get by Russell. Yeah, yeah, he was going for it. He was definitely he had the pace and he's got the talent. And we're seeing Valtteri. I know my dig of him is trim being traditionally he doesn't get his elbows out. But I think I need to give you points for that, Andy, in saying that that was strictly a Mercedes inbuilt behavior. Definitely. Not being allowed to race that style because he is fighting for every corner this year. And it's great to see because he is he is an adopted Aussie. He's dating an Aussie. Mm-hmm. So it's great to see. He did a special helmet for us last weekend. So big fans really want him to see going. I think that's our wrap for Ferrari this week. Yep. All right. <laughs> let's talk about Alpine second this week. Um, don't have much to say because I don't think the broadcast or 
Alonso was out second lap because they got hit by Mick. And then Ocon hit Hamilton on the way out of the pits. Copped a five-second penalty. <laughs> Unsa- it oh, was an unsafe him. release. It was very unsafe. That stuff happens relatively regularly because no team's willing to let anyone wait. And I guess there's that old school saying, if you see a gap and you don't go for it, are you really a race driver? And if you're a pit crew and you see a gap and you don't put a car out in it, are you really pushing it? These things happen. I think... It did cost him a lot of positions, though, it, because it of how close did. the racing was. It definitely did. He lost like four or five positions in the end. I don't. Yeah, but I don't like him that much. To I'm happy to see it wasn't. Though. Yeah, so it didn't make much of a difference. No, it does because those positionings, if he's tied on points, will make a difference towards the end of the season. Oh, yeah, and especially because of how how little points are given out in F1 compared to most other sports, placing even though you get zero is hugely beneficial. Eleventh is a hell of a lot better than sixteenth. Massively, massively. Look, a little bit sad for Alonso. However, the good news is he's announced he's going to stay here for as long as he can. Yeah, he said something like, as long as I'm not getting beaten on pure pace, I will stay. And he's good for the sport. He's funny. Those Him pushing the limits in his smart arsey way is hilarious when he does a little bit of a cutout here or a little bit of a, I think the track should go this way, <laughs> sort of. Oh, he goes, oh, hey, that DRS zone's really bad for good old Nando, so let's just take that out. Also, this track only had one DRS zone. That uh, didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? Gone. It was quite strong. It was, a, it was one of the strongest DRS in the spot, yes, but provided the car in front of you did not have it. Yeah, you know what? It, it had an effect. However, they were saying that there were issues with it not activating as well as it did in other races. True, and also it was a litmus test for no DRS race. And I think that was proven hands down that that sucked. Yeah, you know what? Sucked. A lot of people are like, yeah, but look, it's a, it's a free boost. Yeah, and it makes the racing interesting. It gives us a chance to overtake. Because there have been talks about taking DRS out. And this that first half of the race, guarantee that was a litmus test for no DRS. And it shows DRS is needed. It is. And, yes, it gives someone a free pass. But if you can stay within a second through the timing zones, guess what? You get a free pass too. It evens itself out. Definitely. And it does give those cars who've got a higher pace a freebie pass to then get ahead to then, and what we're seeing this year, then push up to the next group and get involved up there. And that's always good too. And if the, the car behind can stay within that one second, they also get that free yeah, push and they up get to the, the next group. Yeah, it brings a grid. Overall, when you average out the passing and what it does is it brings everybody up and it limits... Not that we've seen it much this year, but it, in essence, it stops the other cars getting away as much. Exactly. I just personally like two DRS zones. There's just nowhere else to do it on this yeah, track. this track just wasn't... It, not my favourite track. It won't go on the... No, however, it's a very historic track as well. I think it needs to stay, just purely because of how historic that track is. And they should have the Senna Cup be the, the reward, just as a tribute as to As a man. tribute. So for those people who are new to the sport, Ed and Senna... And most people will have heard his name somewhere, was one of the best drivers they've ever seen, and he tragically lost his life on the track. Um, what, in the 90s or... 94. And yep. I bet you didn't know the day before in qualifying, another driver lost their life. Yeah, Ratzenberger. Yeah, Roland Ratzenberger died the day before... In qualifying. In qualifying. Um, it was, that was back when the sport was a lot more dangerous as he is. Uh, his father, Ratzenberger's father, was at the track for the first time in many, many years this year. Um, but... It, it is historically important. It's it's never it's never nice to know that drivers lose their life for lack of a better word, our entertainment. 
because that's why we watch this sport. It's entertaining. But because of that and because of the human that Senna was, he was from Brazil. He was a, a champion. He was Everybody a god loved in him. Brazil. He yep. was a god in Brazil. Yep, they they worship that man. Um, I think I think we should keep the track. I definitely would like to see a Memorial Cup in his honour because Lewis Hamilton says that his biggest inspiration is Ayrton Senna. His helmet this year is a Senna tribute. Senna tribute as well, which it's it's unbelievable. Like Hamilton says that he doesn't think he can beat Ayrton if Ayrton was in his prime. And that says a lot about Ayrton. The things that man could do in a car were terrifying. There was a race to other there drivers. was a race in Brazil in the nineties. His power steering broke and he did seventy something laps and had to be held up on the podium because he was that tired from racing with no uh, power steering. Yeah, he was incredible. an unbelievable driver and I'm very sad I never got to see him race. Yeah. Yeah, it is actually it's it it is tragic the fact that none of us will ever get to enjoy that man when he was when he was part of the sport and when he was walking around and doing what he did. But because of that, that's and that's why you see such that reverence around Imola every weekend, and that's why you saw the way the presenters handled themselves, and a lot of the drivers were in a different mindset because it it is a very tragic track for the history of the sport. But because of that, it's also a very a very loved track, and it's a very well respected and appreciated place because that's where two brilliant young men lost their lives doing what they love. Exactly. That was a good way to put it. Yep. That being said, our pain. <laughs> I, yeah, to swing back to Fernando, it was it was sad to see. However, I've never seen a car quite retire from just having a side pod get punctured and then rip off. First of all, incredibly lucky that the, that didn't smash into Lewis Hamilton because Lewis Hamilton was coming it was beside right, him. It was right beside him making the pass when it popped off. Yep. It looked spectacular. It did lead to a very, very funny radio message where Fernando came into the bits because he can't see. You can't see that part of your car at all because the wing mirrors yep. are angled a little bit further out than that. He comes into the bits, he's like, you've got damage. He goes, how bad is it? And they're like, it's pretty bad. We retire in the car, Yeah, we've got to retire the car. It's, uh, it's not gone well for us. <laughs> it would have been suicide to leave him out. Yeah, it would have been it, hugely dangerous. and It would have wrecked the engine. It yeah, would have wrecked the engine. It would. He definitely wouldn't have finished the race too. So, losing part of any part of the Formula One car, these cars are stripped down to their bare minimum as is, and the shape of the chassis, especially that side area where it came off, it was kind of up over the side pods on the side, which aerodynamically will not allow it to run properly. Yep. Air would be flowing through it. Air would be tearing more bits off the car. Chances are, it would have ripped the entire side of the car off, causing a red flag. Those pieces of shrapnel will shatter on the halo and come through like little shards of glass. For what looked like such minor damage, the fact that they retired him on the spot is exactly what we needed to see. No, agreed. Agreed. And then for Archon, well, the broadcast is in charm, so we can't really comment on him. We can't really comment on him. And look, was he in the DRS train? I don't know. Was he behind it? He, he was definitely in that like 11, 12, 13 train. At some point, because he finished over the line 11th, I believe, and then had the five seconds added, which pushed him down to 16th or something. Yeah, I would say that this is a very forgettable weekend for Alpine. I'm just worried that they're having, they're going to have five or six forgettable weekends, and that's really going to hamper the development because they've been on the up and up the last four years. They've definitely got a quicker car this year. It's just that reliability that's causing them issues. Yeah, and. And Ocon being slow. Yeah, and Ocon. 
again, we rag on him a fair bit too, but when you when you've got a driver like Fernando Alonso who's absolutely on fire, said it and and a fan favorite. Piastri just sitting there and waiting in the wings. He's a fast driver. He's also significantly shorter than Ocon, which weighs means less. he weighs less, which <laughs> means he'll be quicker. Absolutely. That's, Big mass. So I'm sorry, Ocon. Time to go. Go back and be a reserve driver for Mercedes. You were really good there because I didn't have to see you. Oh, I have a crazy, crazy conspiracy. He will never partner in that Mercedes. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> There's is, no way Toto brings him in. Toto knows he's not as good as Russell. Is Ocon a pay driver? Or no, he's, no. A, he's a Toto driver. He's a Toto. Oh. Toto's, Toto's his manager. No, here's the thing. You assumed I said he was going to partner Lewis Hamilton. No, I thought you were going to say George. when He was going to partner George when Lewis retired. Yeah, well, yeah that. I, I knew exactly <laughs> where you were going <laughs> with it. Say. Never going to fucking happen. No, probably not. Here, Reese, you can have the tinfoil back. <laughs> I want to scratch my head a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's it for Alpine. Yeah. Who's next? Take the pink off your car. Always got to bring that up. Doesn't yeah, look great. Right. Take it off Fernando's helmet too. Yeah, get your get your Spanish flag back on there. But it's it's he's got the Spanish flag. It's just dark pink and pink. It's it looks horrible. It looks better with the yellow and red. Yeah, definitely. BWT, fuck off. <laughs> anyway, Red Bull? Yeah, I'm happy to talk about Red Bull. Now, are we going to talk about the big boys first or Let's the little boys? The, the we'll start with the big boys. boys. Let's do big boys. Fucking yes, Max. Yes, boys. What a weekend. Max, Max, super Max. What a weekend. What a f- return to form. Dominance. What? Look. That was their first one, too, since 2016. That's a long time, considering that. Ferrari and Mercedes, when they're doing well, get them on the regular. And even McLaren's had one since then. Yeah, McLaren which, last year. Which included one of the drivers from the 2016 Red Bull one, too. It did. It did. That man can do anything. Massive dick, too. <laughs> huge. Huge. That's Ginormous. why the McLaren weighs so much. It'd, it'd be 175 <laughs> kilos if you took Danny's dick out of the cockpit. <laughs> That's why it's called a cockpit, Danny Ricardo. That's why. Um... Max, look, his form was never in question. I think the big takeaway from this race is the European climate being colder is definitely helping that Red Bull stay on track. It has been their fuel pump and reliability in that car essentially cooking itself. That's caused all their issues this year. Max is a phenomenal driver. He's got talent. He killed it. That's exactly what we should be expecting. That's exactly what I think we expected for... Most of this year from him is those sort of performances. He he performed the new Grand Slam this weekend too. Because not only did he get fastest lap, pole position, and the win, he also got the sprint win. Yeah, and you were right. It's called the Grand Chelem. There we go. The Grand Chelem is the pronunciation of it. Is the pronunciation of it, and it is that fastest lap, pole position, and a win. But he got two wins. So they need to come up with a new term. Grand Day. Chelem. He's <laughs> <laughs> banging another letter on there. He was dominant. You'd never question if he wasn't going to win. No, not at all. He he was, well, he has a 100% win rate for any race he finishes. And I yeah, believe in I, his last 17 I, races, he's come either first or second. Yeah. yeah. I keep hearing that stat, but I don't think he was going to win the Bahrain. You're wrong. You're wrong. No, wait. Which one? The one no, Doesn't no. matter what you say. I'm going to tell you you're wrong because he was going to win it. You're just wrong. He was going to win it. 
and was that, one, that, and he was in second, wasn't he? Doesn't no. matter. He was going to win it. He was go- no, but he didn't finish the race. So I said, <laughs> oh, no, that's what I'm saying. It's that's why it's uh, it's a bit of a no. But the stat is every <laughs> race he's finished, he's won this year. You can't deny which has been stat. two. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fi- totally he's finished two races in a sprint race, and he won all three. So the part I wanted to bring up about Checo is lock that man in for four or five years. I don't think he should be going anywhere. He signed for what? He signed for this year. This year, so he's been he's signing one year contracts at the moment. I believe they'll give him another one next year. But if I was Red Bull, I'd be more inclined to give him a two year contract. Yep, lock just him so in. we can have a year just to chill. No, his seat's not in jeopardy. Like and just let him race. He is the perfect man for the job. And I know everyone's pushing for Gasly to get that seat, but he'll never get that seat again. I don't see it happening. I I don't think so either. I also like as much as I like Gasly, Checo is doing he's doing so well. He's there to pick up the pieces when the car doesn't die. He's a great representative for his country and and South America as a whole in sport. He's Central absolutely America. Good. Central. Central, yeah, Central's He's not. He's, in, he's not South American. <laughs> no, he's not. Sorry. He's on the little. He's on the little wang bit between them. Central America. It's called. <laughs> wang. I, I like how it's like. I'm saying we're New Zealand. Checo's killing it. I don't think anyone can deny that man's talent. He's a great personality. It's good to see a harmonious Red Bull unit. It's the first time in years we've seen Red Bull happy. Yep. All I'm going to say is lock. Helmet Marco up somewhere and don't let that man make any decisions because it's perfect right now and there's only one man who can screw this up for Red Bull and that's Dr. Helmet Marco. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Anyway, oh. Alpha Tauri. Yuki did okay. Yuki did great. It wasn't in the desert either. He only does well in the desert. Well, he did very bad in the desert this year, so I think he was in a bit of trouble. Yeah. I don't know if he did bad. The car didn't. also a good point the car didn't the car those red bull cars have been very hit and miss this year whether they work or not um anyway sonoda did well he did some passing yes he was he was stoked with his he got points he did came in a ninth or something Uh, vettel got eighth i know vettel got seventh oh wow he got ahead of vettel that's right yeah wow that's actually that is an awesome awesome yeah that's exactly what he needed to kind of just I guess. to give him some confidence back. Give him the confidence and also build back that confidence that the team has clearly shown. And they've always come out and defended Yuki Bubba and like, no, no, hold on. This kid's got something. We've seen something in him. It's not just for the engine that we're doing this deal. And it it's good to see. Like, I didn't pay much attention to him in the race, but I think that's just because I've been trained out of watching him because he doesn't do much uh, normally. They, they didn't show much apart from that middle pack DRS and Hamilton. They showed not much. What they showed in this race was what you said. They spent like 20 laps just well, on Hamilton following Pierre Gasly's asshole. <laughs> following Albon. No, no, no. He was, he was behind. That was all. I didn't see Albon. All I seen was <laughs> Hamilton following Gasly's ass. Yep. And he then, was and that was the whole like race. Luke. That was all it was. That was all Hamilton saying was Pierre Gasly. So, in other words, Pierre Gasly did all right. Pierre Gasly did great. For a terrible position, he did all right. He did. He didn't end up finishing too well. No, he came like twelfth or something. He did. It's been because I remember right early on in the year you touted Alfatori as the dark horse, and they were, but in the wrong direction. Yeah, they were the dark the horse direction. for the crap team. Yeah, they're really not. They're really not what we expected them to turn into. It's clearly a combination of the reliability and chassis design. Yep. It's not as egregious as some of the other teams' mistakes. 
but they're just it's kind of a floundering year for them. It's not an atrocious floundering year where they're sitting at the back of the grid going, we can't do anything, but they, they, they've they lost their momentum they had the last few years. Yeah, Gasly just Give can't get in the t- top six. Gasly, wait, was that in... Yeah, this is another thing about the sprint. I forget which one's which, but Gasly got hit. Yeah, he got hit because he was near the back. He was in the sprint? Or yeah, Joe hit him. Okay, yeah, yeah, never mind. And yeah. that sort of ruined his qualifying race. Yeah, again... I mean, we never expected Alpha Tori to be a title contender this year. That was never on the cards. No, but I thought they'd be consistently in the top six with Pierre. Yeah, I really did. It, I tell you what, though, it's it's only a good thing that Yuki managed to beat him this weekend because one, it's going to light a fire under Pierre's butt to be like, no, I really need to push and get back to where I need to be, and and continue that hype train that he's building because his redemption story is one of the most enjoyable things we've seen in years in F one. And his race engineer is going to lose his shit when he gets on the podium again. How good How yeah. good was the Secret Santa a few years ago where three of them got their recordings of them going onto the podium and it's just... <laughs> on the mic. <laughs> just absolutely going berserk. Um, but that's that's really it. Not, yep. not a massive weekend. A, a really successful weekend for Yuki in regards mm-hmm. to points. Um. And I'd say it's successful for for Pierre because he kept Hamilton behind him. And look, any time you can throw a defence up against someone as accomplished as Hamilton, and yes, the car's not where it needs to be, but nor's out for Tories. No. So he managed to hold him off really, really well. And considering where George was too, so we might as well just push on into Mercedes and start talking about them. Well, yeah, because the story of Alfa Tori and Mercedes was directly linked this weekend. Exactly. So, like... George, for some reason, is able to push this shitbox into the top five consistently. And I think that's because of his tenure at Williams, where the car was never what they expected. So he's just comfortable with very uncomfortable cars. Yeah, and Lewis has never been in this position, really. No. Lewis has always been in a car that's at least in the top six. Yep, and more often than not... Top two. Top two. Yeah. Top two, I think... And that's not a lack of that's not a, that's not a knock on the talent that Lewis Hamilton has. It's just this car, car this is so different from anything he's ever driven that he's struggling with it. And and like Toto's had to apologize to him after the race because Bono comes on, you know, the classic sorry Lewis, we'll get them next time. Lewis classic silence, just doesn't want to talk. Toto, yeah, mate, we're sorry about the car. We need it's not where it needs to be. And I mean, there's not a single person in that team who's happy with what they've produced. Mercedes no. is the team that does well. You they, know, you know, Toto's already fired at least ten people because of it. So, yeah. And every time Lewis doesn't finish in the points, another ten people are on the chopping. As block. long as they keep their social media, dude, because that guy's killing it. Oh, He's the only man hilarious. having a good time this year. Actually, I was wrong. There's one dude having a fun time. It's their social media man. Oh, he's having the time of his life. Uh, when are they going to bring some upgrades? Because I didn't see. I was expecting there to be an upgrade this week. And then I heard some, I don't know, it was probably on the right, like it wasn't official, but they'll do it all in one go instead of, but I think that's where they got stuck up in bring the uh, shakedown to practice or to practice it at the start of the season, how they just bought it all at once. And it was not what they expecting. It has the awful porpoising, if they just do it all at once, I don't think that's an effective... I, th- I think they're going to bring a major upgrade to Miami and a minor one to the race after that was what they were saying. It's okay. not it's, it's not a bad point though, Risa, because you were right. They came out with a car with traditional side pods for the Barcelona test. 
And then, better like that. <laughs> yeah, it was. It really was. And then for Bahrain, they rolled out their, their stealth spaceship design that they're currently running with. I can kind of get their philosophy behind it by because they're banking on the fact that, no, we know what we're doing. And if we can fix it all in once, then you can just yeah. snake, snake pole position and a win. That wouldn't shock anybody. It wouldn't be fun as a fan to watch them go, we know what we're doing, we know how to fix it, but they're not seeing any improvement. Like what McLaren's done, a couple of fixes here, like what Aston's done a little bit with this weekend. It doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth because you've got that worried feeling that, well, if you try and fix it all at once, what if you go in the wrong direction again? But I don't think they will. I, I, I honestly think that when Mercedes is like, yep, we fixed it, here's our new car, we're going to see a big significant change in the front, in the back and underneath, and it's going to jump straight back up into the top three. I don't think they'll be in a position really to push for a championship. No. But not unless it's like the ultimate car and they can't not win. You know what I mean? Yeah, if unless they pretty Lewis much sweep the season. everything from now on, it's not going to be a championship for Lewis. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. Yeah, yeah. no, I don't think this year. No. I don't... And I, um, I'm pretty sure Toto admitted somewhere over the weekend that they're not fighting for the championship anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And like Toto, to be fair, Toto doesn't talk a lot of shit when no. it comes to his team. He'll happily, he'll happily poke shots at other teams, but if he says, this is what we're doing, that's what they're doing. Yeah. It is. Do, do you reckon he's doing a bit of uh, damage map? Uh, damage limitations or whatever on the drive, like not putting the expectations on the drivers to do a good job just to save face with Lewis to make sure he stays around for next year. Because you see the mentality, he's he is in the dumps. He's struggling. He He's really struggling. Lewis has always been, as we said, he's emotional. He's mm-hmm. a very emotional person. We don't think that's a bad thing, but he's clearly struggling. Yeah, look, a lot of what they're, a lot of what I'm guessing the driver management team is and Toto's involvement is making sure that they keep Lewis's head in the game because there is no reason he can't go out and win another championship in a car. He absolutely can. Yeah. So I think it's a very good point is that probably a lot of the work, work they're doing with Lewis is around that mental coaching, just making sure that, hey man, we really make, need to make sure you can stomach this season so that we can come out and get him next year because they absolutely will. There's... I mean, it's going to sound weird if we get to round 11 and we're being like, yeah, look, it's only going to be a few more weeks till they get it. But chances are it's only going to be a few more weeks till they get it. <laughs> exactly. That's what they do. They just they get, they, they're just going to find that sweet spot. And once that happens, it's it's go for the wins. You know what I mean? And really, then the discussion will shift to Lewis and George. That's going to be the next discussion for this year is who comes out on top. At the moment, it's going to be George, though. If things keep on the current trajectory, it's absolutely George. When the car gets good, Lewis will be back to his fine form, which is the best driver in the world. He's absolutely incredible. My big thing will be, will George improve at the same pace of the car improving, or will it take him time to adjust? I guess that remains to be seen, doesn't it? It does, but speculation is always fun. And I'm going to say... As much as I like hating on those those guys, he probably will. I can't imagine he won't. He 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 probably will be absolutely taking the fight to Lewis every race. As much as I like to make fun of George for being a sook, 
He will take the fight to Lewis, and he will defy James. I guarantee you he's going to defy James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd yeah. love to see that. I think he would too. I, because I, I, he after after having the start of the season, if he has, and then he has the to, right to, yeah, yeah, and then to say no, you need to be second would be the biggest kick in the nuts. I can guarantee you, you hear this, George. It's James, and you hear George go, "No, yeah, no, I'm not listening to you," and drive off. La 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 la. I get past this <laughs> like fuck you. Yep. Look, and the other thing that, and one of the big things too between Lewis and George is. They're both British, so there is that huge amount of pride in being like, who is the best British driver at the moment? And George isn't going to back down an inch, and nor should he. No, definitely Nor should not. he. Because Lewis, under, and imagine this, we've never seen a season where Lewis is under pressure from a teammate and opposition teams. That will be the first time that's ever really happened because the one year he was under pressure from his teammate, Nico got him. And every other year it's been close, it's been an opposition team. We've never seen him under the pressure of both teammate and very strong rival teams. It will also be the first year we've ever seen strong driver pairings and team management versus Mercedes having a slightly fractured team. Definitely. So it's shaping up to be a very exciting thing there. I just, and I know this is going to sound weird, I almost wish Mercedes had a slightly better car so we started to see that from the beginning. But you will see that come and predict Canada onwards. I reckon they'll have most of it worked out by. Because that gives them two to three months, doesn't it? Yeah, about that. Yeah. We, with some decent layoff time too to get those yes. cars in and get them fixed. And if, if not then, it'll be just after the mid-season break. Because I guarantee you there's no mid-season break for Mercedes right now. No, they're going to be working their asses off. Yep. I want to talk about Aston Martin and... I can't believe I'm saying this. We can kind of talk about them in a positive light. Yeah, it's shocking, but they did really well at a wet track. Both Classic British mentality. Yeah, and Stroll is one of the weird drivers who is good in the wet. He always performs well in the wet. Turkey? He can drive in a wet track. He can track. drive on a wet track. And fuck, how good was it to see Seb just put it together? He did really well considering he was still in a slower car. Like, Yuki got past him pretty easily. Yeah, I think he was in a slower car. They both got points. Congratulations. So, I think yep. there might have been some upgrades. But That's every team in the championship with points now, too. Yeah. And when, like, it, it's been It's been years, years since years. that's happened. I'm, I, would, I would comfortably guess, like, almost a decade since every single team... And that's no, there was one. I think there was one time in the turbo hybrid era. I can't remember. I seen a stat this morning about it, but yeah. I was in the middle of doing something for work, so I didn't get. I didn't really note it. Yeah, fair enough. What were you going to say, Riso? Um, Vettel, I think, was a bit lucky with the red flags in qualifying and all that. Yep. And then also a sprint race, he was in front. But um, yeah. So I think it was a bit lucky to get as far up in the grid as he was. But to get both, I think they're going a lot better than they were in Australia and every other race. It's not hard to do better than they did in Australia. The car's <laughs> oh. finished. And also, they managed to have a setup for the track. Like, we can confidently say that their Australian setup was, we put some duct tape on it, get out there, son. Yeah. <laughs> um, great weekend for the mechanics. They finally got to sit down and enjoy the race instead of having to rebuild four cars. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... Vettel, Vettel's had the, one of the biggest heel flips in motorsport history because when he was at Red Bull, he was hated. Like, my dad 
cannot stand Sebastian Vettel. So does my dad. He doesn't like him either. Yeah, and it's because of their <laughs> Red Bull days. Yeah. And like, neither, like, my dad doesn't watch the sport anymore now. And I'm like, mate, he's changed. He's like the eco warrior, Inspector Seb, absolutely getting amongst it, helping out the planet. And dad's like, he's a wanker. <laughs> he's, just, he's like, nah. Do you reckon that's going to be the stroll? Like, if the stroll changes in the future, we're just going to nah. nut. Well, here's the thing. Stroll needs to stay <laughs> in the sport to do that, and he won't. Yeah. Yeah, look, I don't I don't <laughs> see him being long-term. He has to be good at driving. Well, I've seen, I seen something the other yeah. day. Well, and also, here's the thing, too. The reason Seb hated him is he was dominant for four years in a row. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but I've seen something the other day. Uh, it was, like, everyone's driver contracts for the rest. So obviously, Max was at the top. He's got, like, three, four years. No, he's got seven. Or whatever. He's got a long time, and then there's, like, all the others have got, like, two years, three years. And Lance Stroll's right at the bottom, unknown. Daddy's cash. <laughs> I saw I saw the edit that drew that green bar off the side of the graph and just underneath the wrote Daddy's cash. That's gold. <laughs> Question mark. No, look, ha- happy for Aston Martin to do well. I know this applies to all teams, but in that grey weather, those cars looked schmick. Mm-hmm. Those colours really popped. It was nice to see them in a battle. It was nice to see them able to compete. Yes, even though a couple of cars that have been faster than them all year blitz past them. That's the same for every team. Yeah. The faster cars normally get in front. But yeah, positive signs um, with plenty of caveats too. It wouldn't shock me if they're straight back to the back of the grid for next race. But I I was going to say, it was was genuinely a slower track with the wet weather and stuff. I think that was what played to Aston Martin's advantages because that was their normal speed. (laughs) (laughs) So they didn't necessarily go up. Everyone else had to come back down and fight them at their level. Exactly. We are used to this, boys. Let me show you how it's done. Williams. Let's start with the off-track news before we talk about their races. So this was the this was the piece of news I wanted to bring up earlier. Williams have said that they are very, very interested in securing the services of the young Aussie Oscar Piastri for next season. And Alpine is willing to let him go. Yep, because they've got Ocon on a massive contract and Fernando wants to stay. It guarantees him a seat. Who goes? That means oh, Latifi, doesn't it? Surely Latifi. Well, it would... Be down to Albon money versus Latifi money, wouldn't it? Yes, but it would also be down to how much money is their money actually costing because Latifi's yeah. bank account has taken some serious <laughs> hits this year. How many times have they rebuilt that car now? Yeah. He's on... I mean... And the way Albon's been driving is extraordinary compared to Latifi. He went up four... Or he went up six... six uh, places and but I say four because I don't really include uh, Danny Rick signs. Yeah, no, Lonzo. that doesn't count. They, uh, they don't got count. taken so out. That, so that's he he got up four places. And then and how he many just, did Latifi get up out of curiosity? Uh, I couldn't tell you, but he came. Uh, there we go. He came sixteenth. Uh, that's, that's like <laughs> one then. So I think he got seventeenth in quality. Schumacher, yeah, Schumacher, Ricardo, both crashed out, and Alonso and Signs didn't Mink finish. Finished? No, no, no. They, sorry, he crashed and then was behind. Okay, okay, yep. yeah, yeah. So, so everyone that didn't, he, he was the last person who someone didn't crash. <laughs> so he's not going great. And Albon, he's dropping the balls off that car. He's going great. Albon's always had talent. That Red Bull was just really hard to drive, and they didn't treat him well. Like he's a he's a very talented kid. Also, very very personable. Like very easy to like. Um, I mean, they do race him so hard, but so when the bad times are over. When's Latifi getting caught? This year, end of this year, I'd say. Ooh, I'd say. Well, that's exciting. that's four years, isn't it, with Latifi or three years? 
I think but this that is seems year to three. Be, I think that's about the turnaround. You get three years and then you get booted. That's what happened to Gio. Unless you're in Red Bull, you get six races. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, Oscar is the best young driver we have seen in a generation. He cannot be out of a seat next year. He is incredible. He's done things that Max and Lewis haven't done in the junior categories. He needs a spot. He's he got needs a spot ASAP. My, that's, that's my thing. And also, I don't think what a lot of people are saying is like, Wombs is a curricular. It's clearly not because Russell's come from there. Bottas has come from there. Stroll's come from there, but that doesn't count. Um, going into a poor performing team doesn't ruin your career if the other teams see what you can do. Yeah. I just hope they get there. And if you can bring that team from the back of the grid to the midfield, that speaks volumes to how good you are. And Albon is doing that with his the tie king this year. That Definitely. performance was incredible. If they didn't have rules, he would have finished on one set. Yep. Um, Albon's good in a fight. He is really good in a fight. And look, he held up. I don't know what it was. I don't know why Gasly couldn't overtake him. I don't know why anyone couldn't overtake on that DRS train, to be honest. But they didn't I think show they were it. too pussy to get on the wet line. Yeah, they didn't really show it, so it was, you couldn't really see what was... You only was got defending. to see Lewis. You only yeah. got to see Lewis. So I just want to point that out. Chat, Sky Sports F1, why did I have to look at a 13th place Lewis when there were sick battles all up the grid? Like, yeah. seriously. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think it was like 15, 20 laps. They just they stuck on Lewis. It's just... And if they weren't on Lewis, they went to Max Hill's cruising. Yeah. Like, it, there's a point where you have to be like, all right, he's doing shit. Let's just let's show something else. Yeah. It, especially because, like, with how interesting all the other teams are driving this year and how, how exciting a lot of the every lap can be, mm-hmm. it would have been nice to see more of that. Definitely. And, and, and to spread the love around a little bit because here's the thing. Show us Lewis when he's back on top fighting for those top three places because he's great to see in a car battle. But Show us him every now and then, but you don't need to consistently stick on him like they were. Yeah, it was a li- it's a little bit too gratuitous, but Sky Sports is a British-based media company, and that's the feed we get. I guess it, c- it comes with that, and it, it is yeah, frustrating. But it's a local production company that take over for the production of the race. Oh, true. So the, the switching of the cameras at the truck, I believe, is a is a local company. They don't, they have like the Sky Sports F1 production tent that they feeds back into and then they take the feed. Like they won't take the live feed from the truck if there's racing not going on there. So they'll have their own cameraman there filming the post and pre shit. Yep. Fair. But yeah. that, that, that's how I understand it. So it means there's, there's a, there's a British director in there that's saying, show me Lewis, show me Lewis. Yep. Obviously, with my background in te- television production, yeah, and that's what. I think that, <laughs> but also, like that, that's why you can speak to these sorts of things. That's what you do. That's what yeah. your career is. And I know that that that's exactly what's happening in there. They've probably got like four or five switches switching between cameras, and then there's one ultimate switcher who's switching what he wants to see, and they're just switching and showing Lewis. Yeah, it need it needs a bit of a work. Especially it needs with someone in there that's an overseer that slaps a shit out of him every time <laughs> he shows Lewis. I can do that. I put my hand up to do that. I'd love to do it. Because it'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. We'd yeah. see more of Big Dick Danny Rick. Absolutely. He's the best driver in the world. Exactly. Besides Max. Max is also the best driver in the world. You There's can't have two. two. Yes, you can. There's two handles on that trophy I'd like to point out. <laughs> <laughs> There's no handles on the trophy. No, there isn't. Um, that's it for Aston. Yeah. Well done, boys. But as we were, you said... We were talking about Williams. 
<laughs> oh shit! I've done it again. <laughs> God, fucking damn it! <laughs> yeah, okay. So we are talking about Williams. I hope, I hope Oscar gets a run. I think with Latifi's reputation and just Albon coming back in with a year off and just being consistently doing things that are unexpected and positive. And Latifi have, having all that time and that experience, he was on a really good momentum run towards the end of last year, and we've just never seen really anything of it. I I don't see him staying. No. Um, I don't care how much money he's bringing to the team. You'd be better off getting Oscar in there with with some little bit of Alpine backing. Yep. Maybe Alpine pays his contract, and they can put all the money they throw at Oscar into the car or something. I don't know. Something like that. Just Keep to him on, ten, on tender, essentially. Yeah, something like that, just so that... You know, they get something out of this. And... Because you want him to be racing. You don't want him to just sit in there for Alpine. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing, too, is we don't want pay drivers in this sport. I think that's pretty clear from our conversations. We don't like pay drivers unless they're talented. And, unfortunately, the more and more you're seeing is the more money you have, the less talent you need. And that's not what F1 should be. It's it's not what any sport should be. It's supposed to... It should represent humans at their absolute peak. Mm. The stock market is for humans at their absolute bank account peak. Yes. I, I, th- I think with this, hopefully with this cost cap, you'll see the pay drivers be less and less because it'd be cheaper, even though that it is, I think, affecting the sport in a way. Look, it definitely is, but the cost cap is affecting it in a positive entertainment way. And F1 does have to play that balancing act between an entertainment product and, and the epitome of, of racing perfection. I think they're getting the balance better and better. The sport is far more entertaining and we are still seeing some of the absolute best stuff you can ever see in sport coming out of it. It's been very exciting the last few years and the cream is still rising towards the top. But I do I do want to second Andy's opinion. Paid drivers aren't really necessary anymore. Not with how much money these teams all have anyway. Yeah. Like... You know, you're not seeing a Holden or a Ford team. Either. These are all multinational car manufacturers or very, very wealthy family-based teams. And the more talent you have, the higher position you are, the more sponsors you'll attract anyway, which yep. will negate the need for pay drivers. Yep. No, I, I'm very cool with that. Anything else on Williams for this weekend? No, let's move on to the big boys, our favourite team, because that's all we got left. McLaren. They're clearly improving. They are. It, this was a positive weekend, despite what happened with Big Dick. Yeah, look, I mean, it was a racing incident. They're bound to happen. Everyone gets them a few times a year. I'm happy for it. It's better to happen in the start of the year. Yep. Um, and he was uh, the incident caused Danny to break his diffuser as well, so that's probably why he had a lack of pace. Yeah, and couldn't quite fire through down the back. Exactly. So, look, it was a bit of a write-off for Danny. However, it was a race. It was a racing incident. There's nothing more that really needs to be said there. Um, Lando absolutely showing his talent and absolutely showing what that McLaren's capable of. Back-to-back podiums at Imola for him too. Yep. He is he is very talented and, you know... He's Jack's favourite driver. Should be now. Let's talk more about Williams. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, very good weekend. Best-looking car on the grid. That car looked so good in the grey weather. That bright orange, it was stunning to see. Lando did exactly what McLaren needed. You're in a good spot. Stay there. Great start as well. 
Good yeah. start. Great start. He's good and off then, the line, that kid. Yeah, so there's, there's just had to hold the position and keep his composure, unlike um, Leclerc didn't. Yeah, and no, that, Leclerc then, saw red and made a mistake. And then, yeah, so he, he knows the position he was in. He was happy to get anything, and he came out with a podium. And it's just that good leadership crew that they have between Zach Brown, Andre Seidel, and is it Adrian Newey who's doing the car this year? No, Newey's at Red Bull still. Who's their car designer? They've got a big know. fella down there this year who's helped out. No idea. I can't remember. I saw a photo of him, but um, they are. I might actually just be Andreas. I think. Either way, they. The, I think they're the third fastest car on the grid on pure pace now. Yeah, I would say so too. They've definitely got the pace. They because through the sprint race, Danny was definitely as quick as Lando. Yeah, and those. When we talk about teams who are harmonious and in a good position, those guys are. They're both lapping. Very, very consistently. As I said, you swap those drivers around, the same incident would have happened and Danny would have come home in third as well. Exactly. They were, the, their pace is relatively equivalent. I think Lando has him pipped probably by that two-tenths more often than not. It's great to see. Like, Look, McLaren is our favorite team. Both, both drivers are good for the sport. Both drivers have a great personality. Both drivers are loved by their fans. McLaren is is such an important team in F1. It's nice to see him back where they belong, fighting and pushing up near the top. Mm-hmm. Positive signs, I think we're on for a bunch of podiums for McLaren. One, through sheer pace alone, and two, from picking up the scraps. They will be waiting for those errors to occur and just sailing on through. And I think it speaks volumes that those errors will probably continue to occur in those big teams after this weekend. I think so too. I don't think Red Bull has got any closer to their reliability. I think it was weather and track and location that helped them more this week. And Charles will always see Red at some point. Charles will. He's a very young, passionate driver. It took, what, Max four or five years in Red Bull for him to finally get his head in the game and really focus and deliver everything he needed to. Go from being crashed up into burst up. Yep, yep. And I think I think Charles is still... An, an Maybe a year away a from A year away. That. And, it is, and it is that big thing of like, we will never understand the psychology of what it's like to be one leading a world championship and two fighting for a world championship. That will do crazy things to anyone's head. They're race drivers. They're hot blooded. That's what they do. So I it, positive signs all around for McLaren. They're on for a really good year. Definitely. All right. It's come to that time, Jack, where we review the formula bombs. World predictions championship. Oh, I'm having a fucking shit two weeks. Mate. I'm the Carlos Sainz of this team. So, I just want to point out, you, Dave, and Reese all picked the same top five. I also want to point out that... In the same order? In yes. the exact same yes. order. All three and I, was, I sent my message, and I'm pretty sure Jack just copied me because I got more points than him last Yeah, week. and Dave, Dave had the exact same top five. Also... Yeah. Stupid idea. Before you go into oh, Andy... Sorry, sorry, he had Verstappen in fourth. We, we had a fan reach out. Oh, fuck. A listener, a listener reach out <laughs> from Instagram. Just want to play a quick game of Hangman. L, E, C. I forget how it's spelled, but you spelled it wrong. <laughs> I'm not the best speller in the world. <laughs> That's all right, man. I don't even know who's in this fucking sport. <laughs> I get that wrong every week. I spelt Leclerc with an A instead of a fucking E. Yep. On everyone's yeah. prediction. But the thing is, it was <laughs> consistent. So none of us picked it up until... Thank you very much, Tim. Tim is an absolute gem of a man. And he reached out to me and he was like, you guys need to figure out Leclerc's name. And I thought he was talking about a pronunciation. So I made a joke. He's like, no one knows. He's like, no, you spelt it wrong. I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. 
yeah. what's what's the rundown on the points here? So, Reese, Dave, and Jack all tied this weekend with two points. Yeah. Because you've got Verstappen and Perez in your top five, but that's about it. Okay. Hamilton was nowhere near it. Signs crashed out. And what was the other one? Leclerc. Oh, yeah. Leclerc, Leclerc did a di- dumb. He nearly however, <laughs> however, I am the only smart one here because I said Max would win. And Max fucking won. You always say Max wins. Yeah, because Max <laughs> is super. <laughs> it's Look, you know what? The funny part is next week we're all going to have the identical ones <laughs> and it's not going to change the championship one bit. We'll exactly. copy Andy. <laughs> so <laughs> He's not I even going to post it so he can keep his secret. I, I really shouldn't. But anyway, Verstappen, I had him in first, so I get six points and I got Perez in third, but he came second, so that's one point to me. I also had Leclerc, Saints, and Hamilton in my five. Guess what, Lewis? I'm not putting you there anymore. No, I'm, yeah, gonna, nah. I'm ditching I'm him. I'm ditching nah. Hamilton nah. next week. I think we got to. I think if you're going to have a Mercedes in there, you put in either Albon or Russell. No, I'm putting Russell in all yeah, mine. Now. He's consistently finishing in the top five. There's an easy point. Yeah, he's anyway, doing well. Anyway, I got seven points. You all got two. So Dave is on six points now in fourth. Reese is on 10 points. He's hit the double digits. Jack's on 17 points, and I've taken a whopping... How many points is that now? 21. 21 plus 7. 28. 28. I've oh, I've got 11 points on the second place in this championship. Damn it. Wait, yeah. Damn it. Wait, this is going to be hard to shake I'm, up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach into the big old bag of stroll here and protest. Why are you protesting? The rule changes have made this competition worse. <laughs> the I was, rule changes. I was ma- winning before we had the new rules. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't put those new rules in. We wouldn't be able to have a cool championship. You know what? No, it is good. I look. It, and it only takes one weekend, yeah. and you get all five, and you were back in it. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, because max points is insane. Exactly. That's no, why I good. did but it. To be, yeah, but to be off cuff, and then to pick someone else, like not putting Ferraris into this weekend and trying to. Well, I was always yeah. putting. I'm, I'm, I, 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 know. I guess if you put in the the, the max, in picking the win is the best thing. If you can yeah. pick the winner, you're yeah. doing really well. So I think. And if all the other three decide they're going to pick Leclerc as theirs, I was always going with Max beforehand. But it it just signified I had to go Max well, because I, someone needed to be different. Yeah, and you know what? My claim claim to fame with tipping this week is I was the only person in our like 60, 60 person work footy tips to tip the Dragons. I was the only one. <laughs> Back on it Hell yeah baby <laughs> Anyway this is a Formula 1 podcast So fuck the dragons <laughs> You want to wrap this up? Yeah I'll wrap this up We're and nearly at two hours Yeah oh man Anyway thank you so much for listening It's been an unreal experience Making this podcast We would like to think that Every week we're getting A little bit more polished And a little bit more enjoyable To listen we're to We're definitely getting longer every week Yeah we are Like he's big dick Danny Rick's dick <laughs> um, But Please, if you haven't yet, reach out to us on social media. Give us a follow on Instagram. We're at Formula Bums. That's probably the best spot to find us and reach us. We're mainly active on there. We have a Discord. There's no one really in it at the moment. So if you want to get in and have those conversations, please do. But if you could do one thing for us, it would mean the world if you could leave us a review. Spotify has an awesome setup where you just hit the stars and you don't have to write anything. The other websites take a little bit more, but it does help get our name out there. And it helps more people find us. And the more people who enjoy what we do when we form a community around it, the better it gets for all of us. So if you could take the small amount of time, please do. And if you don't want to, that's okay. There's no there's no hard feelings there. I've reviewed us heaps of times. 
<laughs> Apple Podcast does allow you to leave a proper review. So if you leave us a five star with a text, we'll read it out as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. We're happy to read it out. We want. I didn't know we had a Discord. I'm, I'll get in that. Yeah, Riso's not in the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> One bit of social media I'll probably get around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, thank you so much, guys. We're having a blast doing this, and we just hope you are too. And we'll see you, COVID pending, for a preview of Miami, which is the next race. All right, yeah, see Miami. you, boys. Thank, thank you. you. Let's cut that bit out. And Andy, do you want to give us some track facts? Don't have any track Let's facts. Let's cut that bit out as well. <laughs> Second bit of news. The second bit of news. Give me a minute. Jack got so distracted. Yeah, we got so distracted. I told you earlier. What did I say? I don't fucking remember. Uh, where were we I at? know some things. I know Ferrari's cheat. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> I'll surrender to him. I'll fuck a sheep if I have to. I don't care. <laughs>